Well, today we're going to talk about the great revealing. I'm excited about the great revealing. Jim, are you? Yeah, what are we revealing today? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We uh, see what the Lord says about it here. But, um, I, you know, there's going to be two parts, I think, to this message on the great revealing. And... Um, you know, let's go ahead and get into the first part. My name's Rich. That's Jim. Jim's coming in remotely, and um, and we're glad to the glad to have him here. And uh, let's get started. Jim, wouldn't you agree that right now we live in a time when God is revealing many things to those who are seeking Him with their whole heart? Man, I, I can't I can't tell you how much my spirit witnesses to what you just said. Um, there's just been some incredible breakthroughs actually in the past few years. At least I can speak for myself. You know, um, some people comes later, some people comes early. You know, I've had these incredible <laughs> had these incredible breakthroughs, and I go running out. And uh, I want to share all this, and some people say, "Oh yeah, I got that a year ago." <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> keep us humble, doesn't he? <laughs> hey, love it. Absolutely love it. So, you know, what is God revealing today? We're, you know, in these times that we're living in, we're going to talk about that. And, um, you know, I love the part where it says, seeking him with your whole heart, Jim. What does that, what, what occurs when you seek him with your whole heart? The Bible says in a couple places, you're going to find him. If you're seeking with your whole heart, and we're going to talk about, you know, we talked last week about, you know, experiencing the kingdom of God, and you're never going to experience the kingdom of God until you seek him with your whole heart. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you. Doesn't mean that you're not going to have that you're not going to heaven, you know, when you die. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's basically seeking him with your whole heart to know him yeah yeah because rich you know god gave us his whole heart at calvary two two thousand years ago god revealed his heart to humanity yes and since then i believe that his heart has really been distorted by a lot of religious trappings that are out there i mean there's like you know there's like what four thousand different denominations and religions and so on and so forth and, and we're not here to go start capping or railing on religion per se, but God is interested in fulfilling his son's prayer in John 17, where Jesus said, Father, I pray that they experience the same love that you have for me that you have for them. Yes. And that's what really started breaking on me a few years ago, Rich, was the unconditional love of God. And when you come into that, Oh, my goodness, it opens up all other kind of pathways in the marvelous, glorious things about the Father. Amen. We said last week, Jim, that in in John 6, 33, that, that uh, you know, seek ye first, first and foremost, the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And we, we said that if you if you seek the kingdom first, you're going to find the king. Mm-hmm. He's there. He's there. He's the king. He has dominion, power, and authority over the kingdom. You know, Rich, I, if, if I wrote the Bible, <laughs> I probably would have phrased it this way, where it says, Seek ye first the kingdom. I probably would have wrote, Seek ye first the king yeah. and his dominion in your life. Right. Yeah, that, but that's, that's, we're adding that part that if you seek the kingdom, you'll find the king because that's, that's, that's the only thing that's important. And, um, you know, the number one thing is, is that Jesus Christ is being revealed in us. Mm. And Jesus, why do, you know, there's a lot of reasons Jesus came to earth and walked among us. But a very important one is Jesus came to reveal the Father. And the Father <laughs> the Father has been getting a lot has through the years got a lot of bad press out there. Oh buddy, you ain't kidding. You know, and yeah. and Jesus 
told the disciples, they, they were saying, oh, show me the Father, show me the Father. And he said, have I been with you so long that you don't know that when you see me, you've seen the Father? And man, does that put a whole different spin on who the Father is? Because yeah. Jesus loved... Yeah, meditating on that. Huh? Just meditating on that. Yes. Uh, opens up all kind of glorious doors. Well, let me say this, Jim. Sometimes when God reveals things, he comes to expose things. And I believe he is also exposing um, many who come in the name of the Lord um, but have their own motivations and their own agendas. I mean, even just look at the cults. I mean, golly, um, on all these streaming services, every streaming service has a documentary on a cult. You know, what is a cult? A cult is where you look to one man that has all the answers, and basically cult followers follow the leader of the cult. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and and God is exposing cults and exposing men's motivation for personal gain right and left, all over the place. No, No religion is is uh, um, not being touched by it. God is exposing uh, those that uh, are not bringing the gospel of good news to mankind. Yeah, he's judging. He's judging it. Yeah. So we can see the truth. He's bringing forth the reality through his judgments. He's shining a light in the darkness, Jim. Yes, he is. He is. In, in Matthew, I told you there's two parts. So this is the first part. It's not it's not all going to be, you know, fun and games, but it is a warning from the Lord, and that is Matthew 20, 20, 24, 24. It says, false, for false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, Jim, even God's chosen ones so we have to be careful you know we always tell you when you listen to our podcast and the radio program take it to the lord take it to the lord whatever you hear out there take it to you know if you have a close relationship with the lord he's going to guide you and direct you you know the i think it's proverbs 3 5 says lean not on your own understanding but acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your path. He will guide you in the right way. So don't be fearful if you hear something that's maybe a little different than what you've heard before. Don't be fearful. Take it to the Lord, because maybe he's trying to show you a new revelation. Yeah, and and, uh, actually... And that, that's good that you said that, Rich, because that's the business that the Holy Spirit's in. Jesus says, I'm going to go away, but I'm not going to leave you guys orphans. He yes. says, I'm going to come back to you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come back to you. Uh, and when the Holy Spirit does come, he says, he's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. What well, does that mean? He's going to lead us and guide us maybe a day out of the month? No. No. He, he's going to lead you and guide you as much as you want to be led and guided by him. Yes. This gets desire like you were talking about before, Rich. We were about the desire of your heart. If you desire to know the voice of God and to be led by the Spirit of God, it's very simple. You just sit and get quiet before him and you listen for his voice and he will speak. He sure will. So, so the warning the Lord wants to give you today is just don't be deceived. Always keep your eyes on Jesus, not a man. Don't put your eyes on Jim. Don't put your eyes on me, your pastor, your teacher, your prophet, your whatever. Put your eyes on Jesus. The Bible even says in Matthew, keep your eyes single. Keep, your, keep that eye on the Lord. Because when you keep your eye on the Lord, you're not going to be deceived because he's going to keep you 
heading down the straight and narrow. God uses man to help you on your journey. So we love we love the pastors, uh, evangelists, elders, deacons. We love all of them, but they're they're just a tool, an instrument to guide you to Him. Yeah, they're in part ministries, right? They're in part ministries. You know, but Jesus says that all these ministries they know. Paul says we know in part, uh, but when the perfect comes, and if you really want to get deep about this thing. If you again, the perfect one has come. Yes, he has. To you. you have to grow in him, and these ministries are there, the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, etc. They're there to help you grow, but they're not there to lead you to themselves. And if you find yourself gravitating toward them, then you need to check yourself, uh, like some old gangbanger buddy of mine that got saved a while back out of the out of the, the drug gangs. He said they used to have a saying in, in the gang, check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> and I thought that was a good spiritual concept. Yeah. You know, if somebody's coming to you with, with anything new or whatever, I don't care what it is, check it. Check it before you wreck it. <laughs> okay? yeah. You know, us folks that God has chosen to, to lead, uh, we're nothing more than just servants of God. Only yeah. trying, only doing our best to only say and, and do what the Father tells us to say and do. Mm-hmm. One thing God is revealing today is how the fear of man is influencing our world. The political, the religious arenas, the world. Uh, mm-hmm. this, this includes nearly all politics all religious groups if it's not if you're not being led to the lord then the fear of man has come in somewhere you know if our focus and time is is focused on these two things it's time to refocus and put jesus first in our life i mean if you're if you're watching the news and and getting depressed or if you're if you're going to church and you're not uplifted and and excited about jesus um there's a problem jim i mean if you're consuming yourself with with this especially you know the news and the world system and it's it's just so negative that it's going to have an effect on you yeah i agree i agree i it's it's just like when you talk about when you leave church See, I think when you leave church, you should have a little greater knowledge of the Lord. Not a greater knowledge on how to make money. Yeah. Okay? I mean, I've said under, you know, ministries that that's, really, that was the main topic, prosperity. That, that's all they were interested in, concerned about. And there's a place for prosperity in God's kingdom. Don't misunderstand me. I mean, he's uh, John prophesied, you know, that above all things, I pray that you prosper and be in health. But the last part of that verse says, as your soul prospers. Yes. And that's what, this, that's what this is all about, is our soul prospering in the Lord and coming, coming to the knowledge of who he is. Because the more we come to know him, the more we realize that we are sons of God instead of just a servant of God. We're sons of God. Now, yes. sons serve, but you've got to have that revelation, that reality that you're a son of the Father. God wants us to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, and um, we need to be able to recognize what's going on in the world today. Um, you know, we don't talk politics here. God made it clear 18, 19 years ago when I first went on the air that this time is for us to share the good news and anything dealing in politics isn't very good news <laughs> anyway um but but you know be able to recognize i mean these politicians are going to say anything they need to say to get elected i mean right i mean let's face it they're going to say anything to get elected and they fear that if they don't get reelected, it's going to drastically affect their future income. It's going to future power that they crave so much. Um, 
So, so we just need to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves, and say, okay, I kind of get where all this is going, but it's not going to affect me. Because so many people get really down because the country is a mess or whatever. And that's not, what, that's not the way God wants you going through life. He wants you going through life, you know, basically with the exact same uh, excitement that Jesus brought when he walked the earth to those that are lost and to those that are, you know, supposedly learned all all people that we come in contact with religion is all about you know the the word religion i'm not talking about your local churches and your i'm talking about religion um because i i don't if someone says well you you're pretty religious i go no i, I just love the lord mm-hmm. you know so many people think the word religious is good and I don't I'm you know you may think so and that's fine I I have no problem with that but you know look at religion I mean you've got like you said I'm not even talking about Christianity look at all the other religions out there they all have an, they all have an agenda they all have a certain way that they want everybody to believe the way they believe that's called control uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's cultish. It's cultish. It sure is. Yeah. And and any any and every leader of any religion should be doing nothing but pointing to Jesus. That should be their only job. And uh, even if you go way back in history and even today to see that much to see that much of religion um, coming at us, it's it's. A lot of it is is fear of man, like I said earlier, especially in in the Christian church, because if they say something that doesn't quite jive with their denomination or whatever, they may lose parishioners. They may lose, you know, money. They may lose different things. And so uh, I I was watching a YouTube video the other day where this guy said, you know, he was talking about stuff that, you know, we talk about. And he said, I talked to a pastor friend of mine that he he won't share what, what he knows because he's afraid he's going to lose all the people in the church. So the fear of man is out there. And, and God wants that, to, you know, the judgment first comes to the house of the Lord. And he wants, he wants all the leaders to... Only say what the Lord's told them and only do what the Lord's told them to do. So I'm getting off my soapbox, Jim. <laughs> no, it's good. That's good. That's good. I'll get back up on it. <laughs> I mean, it's just like it, it's if the shoe fits stuff. You know, things that we're saying here, the shoe right. doesn't fit with everybody out there. We're not saying it does. Right. We're not t- taking a broad brush stroke and saying all religions and all denominations. No, no. We're just saying if the shoe fits, wear it. And that is talk about Jesus and only Jesus. And, you know, there's so much in the church today that is about entertainment. And and I'm not saying that it's not great because it's wonderful to have talented musicians and whatever. But, you know, entertainment is um, basically entertaining Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's who I want to entertain. Yes, me too. You know, yeah, we. I, 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 go ahead. No, I, I was just gonna just to back up what you're saying, Rich. I think people have to understand. It's like we were talking before we went on the air. Uh, we're going to have to get this by the spirit. Yes. Okay. Um, we're we're just going to get this by the spirit because we live in an hour right now, and people have to understand this. Religion perceives what's going on in the world in one way, but Christ in you and in us, he has been describing what's going on in the world another way to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, would God like to just straighten everything out with uh, the wave of his magic wand? Um, yes, he would. 
But we've got to wake up to the realization that he has given power and authority to his church and to his man and women, for that matter. Um, but we don't understand. We, we keep trying to blame God for everything that's going on. And, and in reality, as I read the scriptures, God never really did anything unless he used a man. It was like we were talking yesterday, Rich. Even when Moses got to the Red Sea, um, you know, God said, you want the Red Sea to part? I can save all Israel and drown all the bad guys. And he said, yeah, go ahead and do it. And, and God said, you lift your rod, and then I'll do it. I mean, it wasn't much. Just lift your rod. In other words, he was trying to say to Moses, you got the same problem all my other people got. You don't realize the authority that you have as my son. And when you want to use your authority, I will operate and work on your behalf. There's a lot of people that are having financial problems and physical problems right now. And, and all we're doing is laying back and whining and, and saying, God, why aren't you healing me? Why has this come upon me? And the Lord is saying, you know, if you would come to me and talk to me and hear my voice, I will show you of the things that need to be dealt with in your life, and all of a sudden a healing will come your way because the healings generally are coming from some areas of darkness in our life. And, I mean, this, you know, I'm preaching to the choir. You know, I'm on a couple of meds myself, okay? So, but God is really trying to convey to his church in this hour just who we really are, the reality that we are his sons and that he has given us authority and he wants to impart this authority to us, but he has to be able to trust us. And the only way that he can impart this to us is if we give him all of our heart. Uh, and, and I think that's the word right now. That's, that's the prophecies that are coming forth on the earth. All the problems that are going on the earth today are created by man. Stop blaming a loving father. God is love. A person that's all love, they don't create wars and, and kill and rape children. They just don't do it. Man does in his evil, corrupt state. And God's trying to deliver us out of that. But the only way we're going to get delivered out of it, we're coming to find out that God is, is, um, God is prophesying against a lot of man's religious beliefs. There's a lot of leaven in God's people, uh, that he has got to get out and replace it with kingdom leaven. Jim, that was a great segue into the next part. We, I said in the beginning that there's two parts to this uh, program called The Great Revealing, and uh, you'd mentioned leaven, but before I go there, you know, The Great Revealing, people will look at the book of Revelation and think that that book is basically um, speaking of the end of the world. And, yep. and all I can tell you is the intent and purpose of that book, when it was written, if you go to really, really old Bibles, you'll see the title of the book of Revelation is The Revealing of Christ. The revealing of Jesus Christ. That is what the intent of the book is. It's a spiritual book that has been misinterpreted by so many that try to make everything into the physical, into what's going on right now. And if you, if you take it as a spiritual book, um, it's really going to speak volumes to you, and, sh and it's basically like what we're talking today. The great revealing is revealing Christ in us and looking at Jesus, what he did here on earth was to reveal the Father. So, all right, let's get back into this. Uh, Luke 12.1, meanwhile, the crowds grew until thousands were milling about and stepping on each other. Think about that. There wasn't internet. Jesus wasn't sending out flyers. There wasn't TV or radio. I mean, that to me, you know, amazes me because the population back then wasn't anything close to what it is now. And it says that the crowds grew until thousands were stepping on each other. We're in the way. I mean, it's, 
lot better than going to a concert, uh, you know, where you, you, you know, get stepped on or whatever. Back then, it, there wasn't that many people. So I thought that was interesting. It goes on to say, Jesus turned first to his disciples and warned them, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees, their hypocrisy. That's Luke 12.1. When Jesus first said beware, then the, the disciples, remember it says he turned to the disciples first. When Jesus first said beware, they finally, they realized what he was saying. And that was uh, in, in Matthew 16.12. It says, then at last they understood that he wasn't speaking about the yeast and bread, but about the deceptive teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious folks of the day. I, I thought that yeah. was interesting, Jim. He, yeah. Jesus, Jesus laid it out, man, to the to those religious leaders. He said, "You know, you brood of vipers, you, you whitewashed sepulchers." I mean, he, <laughs> uh, he, he, I mean, he called them hypocrites. I mean, Jesus offended those religious leaders of the day. Yeah, you know, before you said the revelation. You know, uh, most of the church, at least the ones that I have fellowshiped with, teach that it's basically the end of the world, like you said, Rich. But in reality, you know, it's the end of the world to the carnal thinking man, to the religious mind. Right, not the end of the earth. Yeah, Uh, but in reality, it's the beginning of God's kingdom Mm -hmm. coming to earth. I mean, Jesus, with his disciples, he said... You know, pray this prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. He didn't say, you guys better scamper off up into the hills and hide because Father's going to blow this whole place up. It's interesting, too, to note that when Jesus walked the earth, people weren't scared to death of him. They didn't run away and talk about this evil man with all this great power. They were drawn to him. He was he was meeting all their needs, and that's and he's the same Jesus today as he was then. Jesus yesterday, today, and forever. So, I think the reason, uh, main reason, and you've t- touched on this too. The main reason why Jesus came was to reveal the love of the Father, and that is really the burden of Christ's heart right now is that the people would come into the reality of his true nature because he wants us to take on that nature, but as long as we think he's a God of wrath and judgment and blah, 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 eh, I don't know, you know, I don't know if I really want to draw that close to him. The Lord gave me a poem a while back I think is appropriate, Rich, if I may read it. He says this, I am the breath of life, and I've come down from heaven. And this is, this is a poem the Lord just gave me. He says, I've come down from heaven to help my people to discard all their religious leaven. For I am calling them up to a place they've not known. He's calling us up. When he says, I'm calling you up, he's, he's calling you up in your consciousness of who he really is. This isn't some some religious place or some planet out there somewhere. He's calling us up in our consciousness to draw near to him and and enter into a relationship with him. For I'm calling you up to a place you've not known. It's the place where my unconditional love will soon be shown. And that's all I'll read of the poem, but that's, that's really all God is interested in revealing is his unconditional love for his creation. And boy, I'll tell you, once you get a hold of that, and by revelation, it just changes your whole relationship with the Lord. You just want to spend more time with Him. Amen. Instead of warming a pew. <laughs> well, you know, the Bible talks about two different kinds of leaven, Jim. And we've talked a little bit about the leaven of the Pharisees and all that. Um, now we're going to talk about kingdom leaven, which is what I want to know about, is more of the yeah. kingdom leaven. Um in Matthew thirteen thirty three, Jesus also used this illustration. Jesus loved talking in parables. He said, The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast or the leaven a woman used in making bread. Even though, even though 
She put only a little yeast in three measures of flour. It permeated every part of the dough. Now, there's a spiritual principle he's bringing out there. You know, when someone is baking bread, yeast is added to the dough to make it rise and become bread. But there's one thing that you must have in order for that dough to become bread. And what is that? Heat. God uses fire. God uses fire to activate the kingdom yeast or leaven in us. Starts in our mind. You know, our mind is our soul, our mind, our intellect, our emotions. I mean, it's it's all those things that uh, we try to um, allow the Lord to help us with because we need help in those areas. But once we get the mind of Christ in a certain situation, then it drops into our heart. So the, the mind is like the banks of a river, and the heart, it says, Living waters can come out once we find that, you know, that uh, presence of the Lord into our being, and then rivers of living water come forth. We've all experienced that. We're next thing you know, we're talking to someone, and scriptures come to us, and we we just feel that uh, you know we're hearing from the Lord, and we're speaking it forth. You know the word. Fire occurs 365 times in the Bible. Hebrews 12, 29 says, For our God is a holy, devouring fire. And so there's a lot of mistaken uh, explanations on what the fire of God is. But fire symbolizes cleansing and purification, Jim. Mm -hmm. You know that. But if the fire of God is eternal, then all the stuff that's being burned up isn't. All the dross, all the hay, wood, and stubble, all the error or impurity is is burned up. And that's a good thing. We want the fire of God to come upon us because once all the impurities and the errors are consumed by the fire— the burning stops. There's nothing left to for the fire to consume or burn up. Fire consumes only what it when it meets anything unlike itself, and that's you know anything that's not of God in us. He's going to burn it out. It's going to happen, folks. I mean, seriously, and it's a good thing. And if we have the right attitude, we would want Him to burn up anything that's not of him. Anything doesn't look like him, we want it burn up. In purified man, the result of the purifying fire is eternal life. And I will tell you that my experience it's it's a lifetime process. Yeah. You know, it's not just going to happen in one day or 10 day, 10 years or 20 years or whatever. It is an ongoing process. So don't Get down on yourself thinking, well, why hasn't he burnt this out of me? You know, I've got an addiction. I need the Lord to burn that addiction out of me. Again, it's a process. And, you know, anybody that other than Jesus, uh, it's it's a lifetime thing. I guess Enoch, too. He walked with the Lord and he was no more. So um, apparently there was something there. But anyway, the fire is a good thing, and we just uh, we look at it as bad. And when we have that kingdom level, leaven in our mind, God uses the fire to clean out the impurities, all the hay, wood, and stubble, dross, tares, whatever you want to call it, and takes that seed of Christ and grows it. We talked about the seed. Everything we need is in the seed. There's a podcast on that. And... Um, what that does, that leaven in our mind, the mind of Christ, um, activates our thinking, and the leaven in our mind reveals our thoughts and motivations. This process allows us to truly experience the kingdom. Yeah, good word there, Rich. Good word. Um, 
a few years ago, the Lord gave me a prophetic word. I'm not going to read it all because <clears throat> it's, it's rather lengthy. Uh, but just a part of it, which confirms everything that we're saying here. Uh, by the way, these poems that I get, I get them when I get quiet and still before the Lord. It's just like the teachings that Brother Rich brings forth on this show. He gets this by goes to the upper room there's a second floor in his house and he goes to the upper room and uh so i know what he says i'm in the upper room i know what he's doing he's up there fellowshipping with dad with daddy okay <laughs> but so his gift has been teaching and and i guess mine's been a little bit on the prophetic side i, I don't call yes. myself a prophet uh on the prophetic side because the lord started giving me a, a lot of prophetic poems uh, over the years and one of them here recently uh, went like this. It says, my people, can you hear, can you see and hear the winds of my spirit blowing, coming from the east, the west, the north, and the south? It is coming to blow upon the dry and lifeless bones of my people, for there are many in the valley of indecision. Even though they have received my son Jesus, they have not taken on his life. Now, to me, that was a revelation. Mm. The Holy Spirit said, even though they believe in my son Jesus, Father says, but they refuse to take on his life. Mm. So the spirit of burning is coming to blow upon the coals of their heart. And let me say this to you. The Lord just spoke this to me. When you talk about the fire of God or the spirit of burning, the Lord says, make sure that they understand that it's my love that leads them to repent. It's my love that leads them to change. It isn't suffering and me beating them up or putting them in a car wreck. You hear so many people say, well, that brother was out of God's will. That's the reason why he, he got hit by that car. That isn't God mm -mm. hitting one of his kids with a car. He says, it's my love that leads a man to change his thinking. And the fire of his, the fire is the fiery passion of his spirit, the love that he has for us. So when that fire comes upon you, it is going to break you emotionally, and you're going to feel a wonderful presence of him. I would run away from a lot of the preaching that you hear about, but bless God, if you don't get it right, you know, he'll take one of your kids. He'll kill one of your kids to get you right. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not my father. And I've heard, actually heard ministry say things like that. And and God bless them. <laughs> they, they just don't know. They don't know the father, the mm -mm. love of the father. Mm -mm. Okay. I'll get off my soapbox. Well, but, you, you know, my gosh, um, they think God is double-minded, Jim. Those folks yep. that say th things like that and, and just basically, they're falsehoods. I'm sorry. I mean, either yep. God is love, like the Bible says, and like right. we've experienced, yep. or he isn't. Now, now who who out there for their, the, the, who truly loves their own kids would um, abuse them? No one. No one. And he's not a child abuser either. So, you know, anyway. Um, I love this in 1 John 3, 2, Jim. And, and we're going to kind of start bringing this back around here. It says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And, of course, that means sons and daughters. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. I like, you know, that was another version. I like the King James says, when we see him as the great I am. It says, when we oh, see good. him as I am, we will be like him. We have to see him as the great I am in our lives. He has to be the all in all in our lives. You know, where is he first going to appear to us? If it says that he's going to appear and we shall be like him, for we will see him as he is, where does he first appear to us? Within. Within us. Not upon a... Not hovering over the sky, you know, over the earth. Um, he's going to first appear in us. And like I started the program off with, when you seek him with all your heart, 
you will find him. So we can't be more like him until we are changed from the inside out. It's an inside work. He starts working on our insides and then it's reflected to the outside. To all those right. we come in contact with, people will see a change. He'll they'll see the inside work that he's doing in us by the way we treat them, how we treat others, uh, our our tone of speech, uh, whether we're compassionate and loving. That is a true reflection of the work that he does within us. Yeah, amen. Yeah. In Romans 1, 7, it says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, this faith of God is not just faith in God. <laughs> it's, kind of yeah. conf- it's kind of confusing, Jim. It's the faith of God. He allows us to have his faith. Yes, you know, you hear all this all the time. Well, I've got faith in God. Is it the faith of God? Yeah, good point. Yeah, good point, because a lot of times people are confessing uh, the Lord. I mean, if you ask them, do you believe in Jesus? It's, oh, yeah, I believe. Uh, But you just don't see any of the fruits in their life. Um, You know, we don't want to get too down and dirty here, but uh, there's a lot of people that I've known that, uh, that, you know, you ask them, do you know the Lord? And they say, yeah, and I know for certain they're, you know, they've got a girlfriend on the side and they're married and so on and so forth. So, and God's wanting to bring forth the fruit. And this is the hour that we're in right now, too. Uh, God is raising up a mature people. Um, let me give you, read you a poem here the Lord gave me recently. Um, it says, as we start to enter into Father's eternal throne, which is the place of his home, the place of authority. It's gained only through maturity. It's a privileged position, and it's not gained through man's tradition. For there has come much sedition because of religious false tradition. But now Father opens the door to come up and be shown the glories of heaven for his will to be known. So come boldly to my throne of grace so you can see my glorious face and the faces of all those who have finished their race, the race to become part of my mosaic face, for they are the sons and daughters of heaven's grace. You've got to understand that when the Lord talks about his mosaic face, he's saying that there's coming an hour when God's face is going to be revealed in you and in me and all throughout his creation. We are a new creation. Jesus was the first new creation man. He was God in the flesh. And that's what ultimately God is trying to do to bring his sons to maturity where we can walk as Jesus walked. And Jesus even said, you shall do even greater things than I, for I go to the Father. Amen. In Matthew 19, 26, this will be the last thing we talk about. And that is, but Jesus beheld them. And he said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then it says it kind of the same thing again. It's Luke 18, 27. He says, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Now, there was a time when I kind of took this, Jim, as okay, I'm going to pray about it, and then I'm just going to wait and watch the Father take over. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that was bad or good or whatever. I'm just saying that's the way it was. But now I have a different um, perspective on these two scriptures. Um, We've all heard these scriptures But hopefully this will give you more perspective on what I feel the Lord was saying um, in these scriptures. I looked up the word with, W-I-T-H, because it says, with men, 
are possible with God. In other words, with God, all things are possible. Yeah, that's a good revelation there. It it is, and and this might really help some people because it helped me. The word with means in the same place as someone or something. In the same place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It also means accompanied by another person. So when he says, with God all things are possible, he's saying, if you come alongside of me, some of these things that were impossible because of you doing it, trying to do it on your own strength and might and power, guess what? Some of these things will now become possible when you yoke up with me. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you're going to yoke up with the Lord, there's always with two oxens and a yoke, there's always one that is dominant. And that dominant one that, that you've yoked up with is Jesus Christ. Amen. And you come Amen. alongside, you're helping because you have to be a part of this. You you can't just sit back in your lazy boy and expect God to just go do it like he's some genie in a bottle. No, you have to get involved. It says, with God, all things are possible. Not, okay, with men it's impossible, but I'll do it all myself. That's not what he said. He said, with God. In other words, he's going to accompany us in achieving things that we think are impossible or would be impossible without him and us just trying to do it on our own. Is that making sense, Tim? Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, when you're when you're speaking, all I'm hearing the Lord say was, "Son, do you remember when you used to go to your dad and ask to borrow his car all the time?" I said, "Well, yeah." And, and he said, "Do you remember when you needed money from him too, and you'd ask him for some money, and, and he'd give it to him?" But then there come a day when Dad said, uh, "Excuse me, son, uh, isn't it time for you to have a job?" <laughs> <laughs> you're old enough right now you should have your own car and pay for your own gas and i thought well gee dad you know is that fair and he said well it's time to grow up and i think that's what we're talking about on this radio show here this this morning rich is lord is is trying to say to us i'm trying to mature people so the world can see just how glorious a God that I am. And I'm only going to reveal myself through my people. That's what the new creation is all about. That's what Paul was preaching. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament about the new creation man. Um, so God wants us to understand who we are in him. And uh, I do have a poem. It's kind of a nice poem that when you're through talking, I'll Yeah, well, let me say one more thing, and then you can finish off the program with the poem. And with any other comments that you have, uh, you know, I'm just going to challenge. There, there's someone out there that's that's gone to the prayer chain and and goes forward at church every Sunday f- to get relief of a medical issue or, um, you know, it's, maybe it's a personal issue with family members or a spouse or whatever. But, you you know, every Sunday you're in line to get prayed for. And trust me, there is nothing wrong with that at all. But take what we just said, with God, that impossibility stuff is no longer. That you take responsibility to go and, and meet with the Lord about whatever you're getting prayer for every week. Whatever your friends and the prayer chains are praying for, Take the initiative to go to God and say, Lord, your scripture, you know, your, your word in, uh, in Luke 18.27 and in Matthew 19.26 says, but with you, all things are possible. Take it to the Lord directly and just talk to him about it and see what happens. I'm expecting miraculous things. And, you know, contact us at kingdombuilding73 at, at gmail.com and let us know. Mm-hmm. Amen. 
Okay, well, I had two poems here, but I feel led to go with this one here, and it's called uh, Get Hitched to Joy. <laughs> because ne- Nehemiah in chapter 8.10 said, For the joy of the Lord is my strength. And that's what we want you all to walk away from this radio show with the strength of God. And here's a poem that the Lord gave me a few weeks back. It says, Hitch yourself, hitch yourself to Christ within, and you will find joy without an end. Joy is something that we all seek. But earthly joy can only give you a peak. So if you seek joy without end, there's only one place you will find it, that friend, my friend. For joy is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And this friend is not fickle to forsake you for another. Because joy is simply the fruit of God's love and can only be obtained through God's mercy from above. So look within And you will surely find this joy that you seek and peace of mind. For God's love is not something that's fleeting or unsure, because it comes from his nature that is loving and pure. So keep your focus hitched on Christ in you, and you will surely find that God's love is truly true. You know what? That's so good. Let's hear the other one. (laughs) That's so good. I want to hear more. And if you uh, ever want, little, if you ever want uh, any of these poems sent to you, we'll send them free of charge. We don't, we don't ask for any donations or any love gifts or offerings or anything. We just want you to get blessed. That's all. And so, if you if you desire any of Jim's poems, he'll be glad to send them out free of charge to anyone who would like them. And you can do that through Kingdom Building seventy three. Just the two numbers, seven and three, kingdombuilding73 at gmail.com. Yeah, the Lord's been good to Rich and I for decades. We've been trying our best to walk with the Lord, and God's always uh, more than supplied our need, to be honest with you. We, just, we don't take any any funds uh, in this ministry. Uh, but um, uh, here's the poem, that uh, another one I felt led to read, too. But it goes like this. Uh, the poem's titled, A Breath from the Garden. And understand, the garden is within you. It says, the Holy Spirit does speak in this hour to reveal the Father's nature and his almighty power. But many of my children cannot receive because they embrace doctrines of men that have deceived. For many years, my church has been tossed to and fro by the winds of many doctrines that they cannot let go. But the Spirit and my bride say, come, come up here and be transformed back into the image of me. For it is with great desire I long to see the glory of my son Jesus to come forth and be formed in thee. So come out from amongst them, my people, so you can see the loving Christ nature now being formed in thee. Wow, I'm glad you recited that last one. That that really sums up what we've been talking about the last hour. So thanks for doing that. Well, God bless you. We love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we will see you again next week. God bless. Righteousness.